you all for joining us here at i80 sports and today we continue our 32 part 2021 team previews today's team the edmonton oilers thank you all for joining us here at i80 sports Thank you all for joining us here again at IAD Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, iadsports.com, for all of our team previews. You can check it out all there. If you're here on YouTube, there's a playlist here for that as well. And if you're here on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. We're going to be doing this all the way up until October, leading up to the beginning of the NHL season. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. If you're already currently following us, thank you so much for following us. We greatly value all of your support. But away we go. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well. And here we are for the Edmonton Oilers season preview. Um, curious to see what they do this year. You know, they had a... Uh... Uh, I guess a uh, kind of a down year. I wouldn't say a down year, but a disappointing year at the end. Yeah, a little bit. And we're going to be getting into that just a little bit. But good segues. Let's talk about the 2020 and 2021 team facts for the Edmonton Oilers first. So what was the Edmonton Oilers record last year? I'm glad you asked. Their record last year was 35-19-2. So that's 35 wins to 19 losses to two overtime losses. They finished second in the NHL North Division, the Canadian Division for those that know it as that. Power play and penalty kill wise? Not too shabby for them. They actually had one of the best power plays in the entire NHL last year. Power play wise, they were 27.59% on the power play. That's well above the league average of about 18% amongst the league. So well done by the Edmonton Oilers last year, but we're going to also get into why they were at that percentage. There's two main culprits for that. And on the penalty kill, they were also above average uh, compared to the rest of the league. Uh, their penalty kill percentage was 82.47%. That's a couple points above the league average there as well. So not too shabby. And leading scorers, I mean, come on, who else? So their leading scorer last year was Connor McDavid with 105 points. Fun fact, he led the league last year in points. Next was Leon Dreisaitl with 84 points. And then next was defenseman Tyson Berry with 48 points. So there's a bit of a drop-off there. To put it in perspective, between Leon Dreisaitl at 84 points, the next leading forward was Ryan Nugent Hopkins with 35 points. So almost a differential of almost 50 points. And that's going to be something that we're going to touch on in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that conversation. Next, let's talk about some key additions and key subtractions. And oh boy, we had some key additions and subtractions here. This is actually probably the biggest that we've seen so far in these team previews. So let's dive into this. Some additions here. Number one, Zach Hyman from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Warren Fogle, Derek Ryan, Duncan Keith, and Cody Cece. So some pretty big additions here. Uh, main highlights here to me are Zach Hyman, Duncan Keith, and Cody Cece for just getting the contract that he did. I'm still a little bit puzzled by that, but that's something we'll get into a little bit later. And some key subtractions here, which they are pretty key. Uh, Adam Larson, who was lost to the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, 
Dominic Cahoon, and Juhar Kyra. And I'm so sorry if I butchered that name, but everybody's just going to have to get used to that. Oh, well. But pretty big additions and subtractions on both sides here. But let's move right along. Let's talk about some X factors for the Edmonton Oilers. So who are players that are going to be pivotal for the Edmonton Oilers' success this year? Tom, I've done enough talking as usual here. Why don't you jump in on this one? Who are some X factors in your mind for the Edmonton Oilers? Okay, well, I have four like four major ones here. The first two are Duncan Keith and Mike Smith. Keith's veteran presence and winning pedigree. It should improve that blue line. It should, you know, let the demon, let the defenseman learn, you know, to play a little more laid back or learn, you know, how to deal with certain things because Keith's been there before. But at the same time, this isn't the Duncan Keith who was winning Norris trophies and Stanley Cups and Conn Smythe trophies. It's a little bit on the older side now. And if these guys can't follow his lead and they're relying on him to be the number one defenseman, team's going to be in a lot of trouble. Same can be said for Mike Smith. He's on the older side. You know, he's an older goalie, and sometimes older goalies don't spell success. You as a Devils fan know this. Remember, in those of the early 2010s and the late 2000s, they're playing Marty Brodeur 70 games a year. And if you remember those years, the Devils were basically a cup favorite at Christmas time. Then come the first round, Brodeur would be so burnt out, they'd be losing to teams like Carolina and Philly, just to name a few, who they really had no business losing to either time. And the question is with Mike Smith, you know, if Edmonton can't, you know, can't really, um, excuse me, can't really uh, get Koiskin in. If Koiskin can't stop a beach ball and they can't find a better backup and you have Mike Smith playing, you know, 60 to 70% of the games, then come playoff time if he's burned out, it's another early exit for the Oilers. So that's another big question. Two more big ones here are Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I'm going to explain to you why right now. If we go to the Olympics, and right now it's all provisional, but let's just assume for the time being we are going to go. You know McDavid's going to go play for Team Canada. And, you know, even though Team Canada is still very much Sidney Crosby's team, all eyes are going to be on Connor McDavid. He's going to be centering the first line. He's going to be playing power play minutes. And a lot of the pressure is going to be on McDavid to deliver in these Olympics, despite that team being maybe more stacked than their 1976 Canada Cup team that had guys like Bobby Orr and Bobby Clark. And, you know, you name it, Phil Esposito, you name it, that, that team had everybody. Um, and I think that's going to be even more of a factor with Leon Dreisaitl, because Dreisaitl is going to go play for Germany. And let me tell you, Dreisaitl is going to be playing 30 minutes a night easily for Germany. They're going to be putting Dreisaitl out every other shift. So you're going to have these two guys coming back from the Olympics. Dreisaitl probably a little more burned out than McDavid. So you're going to need guys like Zach Hyman, and you're going to need guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins to maybe pick that slack up in February and March, especially if this team – is teetering or they're trying you know stay in playoff position trying to nail down maybe that second place spot to get some home ice advantage in the first round so definitely those two guys especially if we do indeed go to the olympics yeah and i'm gonna slowly piggyback on that thought in just a little bit i think the easy picks here you know in terms of x factors of course are the deadly tandem of Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl i mean what more can be said about these two they're two of the best players in the entire NHL. So instead, I want to focus on players that will need, and I cannot stress that enough, need to step up to ensure the the success of this team and ensure that they're not just going to have another disappointing first-round exit. So let's get into that. There was almost a 50-point difference between Leon Dreisaitl and the next leading uh, forward in points, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, as I alluded to uh, before. After the deal, both players signed over the offseason, both Ryan Nugent Hopkins and newly acquired forward Zach Hyman, they need to produce. The money that they're making, they can't just be sitting 
you know, in the background, they can't just ride Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's coattails respectively. They need to step up and produce. Anything under 50 points for both players will be a disappointment. And I mean that. It will be an utter disappointment. Lastly, the goaltending. It's not the ideal pair in net, but you got to work with what you got. Mike Smith, who is now the oldest goaltender in the entire league, will need a strong season to prove why he was given a two-year extension. I'm still kind of scratching my head on a two-year extension for a 40-year-old goalie, but eh, this is why I don't sign the contracts here. Also, Miko Koskinen is also going to be sharing quite a bit of time with Mike Smith as well, so he's going to need a step up between the pipes as well. And more interestingly to note here, Edmonton had three chances in this past draft to draft a highly touted goaltending prospect, Jesper Wallstead, and they passed all three times. So that means that they really do believe in Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. So we're just going to have to see how that goes for them this year. Next, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates. Who could be up for having a career year this year who hasn't really had a career year up to this point. Tom, who's your breakout candidate this year? I'm going to go with Darnell Nurse here. And I guess the hope is he's going to still be a, he's going to be a top pairing defenseman. And I guess with the hope with Duncan Keith sort of being the uh, rock for that defense there that, you know, hopefully that Darnell Nurse can learn from Duncan Keith can, you know, feel a little calmer on the blue line without all the pressure on him. And, you know, he can take that next step. Will he be a Norris trophy contender? I'm not sure, probably not. But if he can be a legit number one defenseman, I could I, I should hope so. They just gave him a decent contract. So, you know, you gotta hope with Duncan Keith there with the contract he has, it'll motivate him. Yeah, and I think Darnell Nurse, I think, will need to step up in this lineup, especially because he's now making nine point five million dollars per year as quite a hefty contract. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with a player who will almost certainly factor onto this Oilers team from day one, and that's Ryan McLeod. Uh, the brother of Devils forward Mike McLeod will likely be given a chance to play third-line center this year. And the next two pl players I'm going to highlight here are top prospects, uh, Raphael Lavoie and Dylan Holloway. If both players impress in training camp, there is a chance we could see either one, if not both of them, to start the season with the Oilers. Though I will say we might not see them until at least the middle of the season if we see them at all this year. The Oilers could be apt to just let them develop in the AHL for this year, but if they impress enough, they could be up for a big NHL promotion this year. So I alluded to the opening lineup, opening night lineup before, so let's talk a little bit about that. The opening night lineup could, you know, look a little bit like this in this upcoming year, which before I show you our overlay here, one thing I do want to note here is that all of this right now is based on a couple things. Our opinion, our analytics, and what we just project could be the opening lineup this year. It's not necessarily to be you know taken for rote, but we're just going to show you what we think and you can agree or disagree. So let's dive into this. Starting, of course, with the first line for the Edmonton Oilers, which could look like this. So starting from left to right, as we normally do, starting from left wing, center to right wing, we start with line one, which could consist of Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid, and Jesse Pugliarvi. Next, moving on to line two, we have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, and Kaylor Yamamoto. Next, moving on to line three, we've got Warren Fogle, 
Ryan McLeod, and Zach Cassian. A lot of people have him on the fourth line, but I think they could pair Cassian with McLeod just for a little bit of added protection there. Next, we move on to line four, where we see Devin Shore, Derek Ryan, and Josh Archibald. Let's look at the defense now. Moving on to the first line of defense, we've got Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. Next on line two, we've got Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. And then on line three, we've got Chris Russell and rookie Evan Bouchard. And then goaltending-wise, a little bit different from our previous videos, where if you've noticed, we've talked about starting goaltenders and backup goaltenders. This one I've marked as goalie 1A, goalie 1B, because I truly believe that it's going to be a 60-40% type of split. Goalie 1A is Mike Smith. Goalie 1B, Miko Koskinen. So with that, that's what we think that this lineup could look like on opening night. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some variables with this lineup. So, Tom, in your mind, what are some variables in this lineup? Well, there's some variety for me in this lineup here. As we know, they love to move McDavid and Dreisaitl around. And, you know, at the first sign of, of unrest, I guarantee you they will put McDavid and Dreisaitl back together again, which in a way is bad because if they have them together on the first line, all another team needs to do, say a team like, for argument's sake, the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, all we need to do is check McDavid and Dreisaitl. Then we put our better lines out against their second, third, and fourth lines because the depth just isn't there. I mean, if you say you move Dreisaitl up in the right side slot, you're dropping Pularvi down, you're putting Nugent Hopkins in the middle, and you have Yamamoto down there. I mean, I, that 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 just, to me, just doesn't look like a, like a threat for a second line. And then the third and fourth line after that, don't look like much of a threat either. So that's going to be the biggest thing that I think they're going to need to try not to do this year. At the first sign of unrest, if it happens at all, they cannot, and I repeat, cannot put McDavid and Dreisaitl back together. It will only hurt them. It will not help them. Yeah, they need to only use McDavid and Dreisaitl together on power play. And I'll agree with you. A hundred percent there. I do think that they'll stick with their guns and keeping them separated on line one and two though. Uh, for me, the variable here is defense, defense, defense. Duncan Keith is not getting any younger. Will he stay healthy for an entire 82 game season? Will Darnell nurse have a down year in his first year on a new big fancy contract? Will this team miss Adam Larson and Ethan bear? I think the answer is potentially yes. They'll absolutely miss Adam Larson. Uh, could their top defensive prospect, Philip Broberg, force his way into this lineup if there are injuries? And lastly, will the goaltending hold up? It didn't really hold up last year, and that ended up being the downfall of the Edmonton Oilers towards the end of last year. So we've got a lot of variables in place. And Tom, I got to agree with you here that there's not a lot of depth here for the Edmonton Oilers. They're treading on thin ice, and... They are going to have to make it to the playoffs on the backs of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as they normally do. But the players that I talked about before between Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman, players like that need to step up big time in this upcoming year. But before we leave you guys today, we got to talk about our question of the day, which our question of the day is the same every day with these team previews, which is where did the Edmonton Oilers finish in the Pacific Division this year? So, Tom, I'll start with you. Where do they finish? I guess I'm being the optimist or the realist or Captain Obvious here. I'm, I'm putting them in second place still. I still think they'll finish in second. But like I said before, there's some factors. If Mike Smith slows down or gets hurt, that's gonna that, that could be a problem. 
Miko Koiskinen, he can't stop a beach ball, and Smith's got to start more games. That is, Smith's got to start seventy percent of the games. That's another uh, another question mark. Any unrest they put McDavid and Drysaddle together? That's another question mark that could knock him down. And here's the biggest one of them all that I didn't even mention before: they go to the Olympics, and one of McDavid or Drysaddle gets hurt. That's going to be a big, big problem, especially with Drysaddle too, because like I said before, if Drysaddle goes, not if Drysaddle goes, if the NHL player goes. And Dreisaitl's there playing for Germany. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes for Germany. A lot, a lot of minutes. Yeah, that's very, very true. So for me, I think Edmonton will reap the benefit of a weak Pacific Division. As we've alluded to in previous videos, the Pacific Division, not that strong this year. However, I just cannot put them ahead of the Calgary Flames yet. This team needs to prove that they are more than just McDavid and Dreisaitl and first-round exits. So I have them finishing in third in the Pacific, but if the supporting cast around them can step up, then they could finish higher. If the variables that I talked about before, you know, Murphy's Law, what will go wrong, what can go wrong will go wrong. If that happens, they could find themselves in a position where they might be battling for a playoff spot. Not a sure thing for the playoffs, but battling for a playoff spot. You know, this is a high-risk, high-reward type of team, and they're going to be teetering the entire season. I could just see it. But if all goes right, this could be a scary Edmonton team this year. But as always, guys, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the Edmonton Oilers this year? Do you agree with our analysis? Do you disagree with our analysis? Make sure you comment down below. Join the conversation down there. And while you're down there, drop a like and also subscribe for all of our NHL team previews. Maybe you're not a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, but that doesn't mean that we're not covering your favorite team. And that's just going to be coming up in the weeks to follow as we preview every single NHL team leading up to, to October to the beginning of the NHL season. And you can also find all of our content at i80sports.com. And not only can you find all of our team previews there and our NHL content, but you can also find our NFL, MLS, NCAA football, and NBA content there as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at i80 underscore sports NHL. If you're following us already, thank you so much for your support. We greatly value all of our followers and all of the support that we've been given over the course of the past year. And it's time to wrap up here with the Edmonton Oilers. But as always, I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been the Edmonton Oilers team preview brought to you by I-80 Sports.